Welcome back to People Analytics. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton. Today, I have with me Hannah Waugh, who is the Human Resources Director at Vail Summit. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, thank you. Did I get your title correct? Yep, you've got okay. my title correct, yep. Great, because my notes disappeared. <laughs> We've been having some some tech issues uh, before we started recording, um, but thank you for being a trooper through all this. <laughs> no, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's great about having you on as a guest is that you are a regular listener, which is I think you're the first regular listener that I know of that is a guest now. Big surprise. I don't know. I figure more people would be listening, especially within the HR world. It's not like there's a ton of HR podcasts out there (laughs) too. It's, you know what, it's maybe they're shy and that's all right. <laughs> well, you know, let's get this started. Um, I always like to kick things off with um, our guests ask, uh, answering who you are, what you do and why you do it. So what is your answer? to that? Um, So obviously my name is Hannah. I am the director of human resources for Vail Summit Orthopedics. Um, we're an orthopedic group up in the high Colorado Rockies serving our small local communities focusing more on the patients who might not have access to orthopedic care um, rather than the patients who can fly all over the world to receive the care, although we treat them too. Um, And I do it. Oh God, why do I do it? I do it because I love people and I love problem solving. And at the end of the day, there's something nice about, you know, you may not get to leave your work at work, but the work that you take home has such an impact on other people that you can make or break their day as well. And I think that's important to me to not be on the side of ruining someone's day, but making somebody's day at work better when they're spending 40 hours or more a work at week, a week at work. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just realized this week, I, I go to trivia on Mondays with some friends and, and it was some, one of their birthdays and she had the worst day because of one person at work, one person. And that made me really sad that like, that was all it took to give her a bad day on her birthday. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things you think about. I always tell people like, don't let others control your emotions. You are in charge of how you respond. But at the same time, when you come in and there might just be that one thing, maybe you stubbed your toe going out the door, you know, maybe your dog recently passed away. Maybe you're just carrying a lot right now and somebody else comes in and ruins your day, especially at work. You're, you're done. You don't have that warm, fuzzy feeling where you can kind of keep going and cheer up. It just kind of really dampens everything for that day and potentially that week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am really happy you ended up in the people space because you are definitely the right person. Um, but I know that was an accident. So can you explain your path to um, HR? Yeah. So I started out in college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I followed through with a bunch of different majors, changing it every three months, much to everyone in my family's disappointment that I couldn't just stick with one thing. And eventually graduated um, and went into marketing. And I really liked it. I was doing event marketing, being out in the public, and event coordination. Um, And eventually I moved back home and couldn't find a job working in marketing that paid a decent hourly wage or wage. 
And I was just so frustrated. And I had a friend who came to me and she's like, look, I can get you a job, but it's at as a corporate recruiter. And I had heard all of these rumors throughout college, like, oh, you just become a recruiter out of college and you don't ever change your job and you're never going to do much more. And I felt like I was almost limiting myself. Um, I went into recruiting and I loved it. I loved the talent acquisition side and eventually ended up moving into a larger role within human resources and working my way up. Um, and HR has really been amazing. It's never where I saw myself. It's funny because uh, my father this weekend was like, I would have never pictured you in HR. Like, how did you end up here? I was like, well, because of you, but thank you. Um, so I love what I do. But, you know, there are days where it's still a challenge. And I think that's the same for every job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what do you love about it? I know you mentioned that you you love people. I do. I do love the people. I love that no day is the exact same. I'm never going to wake up. And I'm sure it's a very cliche statement, but I'm never going to wake up and be like, oh, I have Groundhog Day syndrome. Like every day is the exact same. I wake up and there's a new challenge or a new thing to learn or laws are changing all the time. And I love, for the most part, I'm sure everybody feels the same. I love the aspect of employment law as well. And what into, you know, keeping our workplaces safe and secure and somewhere where people feel welcome, uh, as well as just being able to grow constantly and knowing that I can be that trusted confidant for people who are going through some things or who need to tell somebody something that they can't tell their friends or family yet, or that they just don't know who to go to. Uh, You become a lot more than just the lady behind the desk. You are a friend, you are a therapist, you are a mother, sometimes you're an advice giver, you're a, you know, shoulder to cry on. And it's nice to be there to support employees when sometimes they feel that they don't have that support. Yeah. So for you as a leader, um, what do you believe is a great way of supporting employees? I think the biggest way is just listening. Obviously, a lot of people just want to, um, you know, be heard in the situations, but not not trying to necessarily put yourself in their shoes. It's sometimes it is a lot better to have sympathy rather than empathy because people just need to be heard. And I think that's an important role as a leader is recognizing <clears throat> when you should step in and say, "Well, if I was in your shoes." This is what I would do. Or when it's important to say, hey, I hear you. I I am so sorry. I haven't been through that situation. What can I do to support you? And just offering somebody where they feel safe and trusted um, to get through whatever they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, one thing, you know, HR leaders, they have their own struggles. And I know that you often struggle with imposter syndrome, which I know we all do. Um, Do you feel like that can be connected to the fact that you started out with a marketing background? I think it is 100% related to the fact that I started out with a marketing background and that I ended up in a career that I did not expect to go as far into as quickly as I went into. Um, And you struggle with imposter syndrome. I look around and you go to these HR conferences or employment law conferences and you see all of these 
you know, people who have been doing it for 20, 30 plus years. And you're like, oh, you know so much more than me. But at the same time, remembering that they they don't necessarily, that we're all on this equal playing field of, yes, you may know more about employment law, but I may know more about talent acquisition or total rewards. Um, and reminding yourself that, you know, people will put you on a pedestal, but you cannot put yourself on that pedestal. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to have these areas where you slip up. And it's important for people to see that HR is human too, that we go through all of the same motions. And there are days where I leave my coffee mug on top of my car. And there are days where I accidentally hit send before reading an email fully. There are going to be those days for everybody and we're not perfect and nor should we be held to the accountability of being perfect. Yeah. And I know that you really dive into learning to help fight that imposter syndrome. Can you talk about some of the things that you do for your professional development? Well, obviously I listen to the podcast. (laughs) Um, There's a plug there, but I'm also very big. I mean, I have my IMPA SCP, um, which is public government HR. Um, I have my uh, SPHR. So continuously growing with those certifications, keeping up to date with all of the changes in employment law and what happens. I mean, obviously our states and our times are changing and the laws change with them. So going to seminars, attending any conference that I can to get that understanding and then building out my network so that I have support of not only our legal team, but people who work in different fields of HR who may have different experiences and who may have uh, gone through life in a way that I haven't and can come back and say, hey, here's how I would tackle that versus me going in blind. Yeah. So I want to, and this is a topic I'm very excited to get to, I want to talk about HR in a small town because I know it's it's very different for you. You know, it's very interesting. I We live in a very small community and everyone is interconnected. I've done HR up here for about eight years now. And it's funny because the community that I'm living back in now is where I went to high school. And so I always was adamant that once I started in HR, I didn't want to work where I lived because I didn't want to run into the grocery store and feel awkward about like, hey, we just had a really uncomfortable conversation (laughs) and now I get to see you buying Cheez-Its. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. And it's been a lot of working through how to navigate those relationships, you know, and I see it. I see it with employees too, where one person may be having issues with another person and they can't separate it outside of their professional lives because they see each other. They go to the same gym. They go to the same congregations. They have the same friend groups outside of work where they're not able to separate things out. And it adds a whole other layer of emotion to anything that you're dealing with. Um, I've become a master of disguise of just, oh, I run into somebody at the grocery store and I can kind of quickly turn my head and (laughs) hightail it down the other aisle. Um, But that doesn't always work. And I, the biggest thing that I've been able to lean into is working with other HR professionals um, in our smaller area who 
go through the same things. So whether that's people who work for other healthcare organizations, people who work for local governments or school districts, um, connecting with other people within the hospitality industry, just so we have people who we can go to who work in HR. And it's not that you're, you know, sharing any information, but saying, hey, yeah, I had this situation. This is vaguely what happened. Have you experienced it in your life? How did you handle it professionally? And being able to know that with other HR professionals, you can talk about the challenges you have without necessarily going to other members within your organization for support because you don't want rumors to start and you don't want people to be getting information that they shouldn't be getting outside of a different way. And you can't stop everything. You can do your best, but people are always going to talk. They always (laughs) As an HR professional, you need somebody else to talk to who can just support you in knowing that you're doing the right or maybe the wrong and call you out on doing the wrong thing within your job. Yeah, because that's, you know, you think about who you go to first when you run into trouble at work or you're a challenge and it's a partner, a parent, a sibling, a best friend. And what happens when those partner siblings, parents, best friends know everyone? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it is, that's a challenge for sure. <laughs> so yeah. tell me a little bit about your network. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have been able to keep a very close network um, with a lot of HR professionals that I work with. And, um, you know, being able to call them and say, hey, let's go out to dinner. Let's go talk once a month. Some of them I talk with, you know, there is a girl who took my former job and she, you know, we call each other almost daily of just like, hey, have you experienced this yet? What am I doing? How did you respond to this person who's now pushing back on me when you were here? And being able to grow in that manner of saying, you know, you've been in my shoes. Can you walk me through how you handled it? Um, And I am very fortunate to have a former boss who, you know, I replaced who I do the same thing with and being able just to keep that line of succession going so that you have the support because they already know what the personalities are like. Yeah. know what type of day you might be having based on who you spoke with and how they can offer that support across the board. And sometimes it's the most ridiculous things. You're like, hey, I got an email today and somebody called me mom. And you can just (laughs) talk about it. You know, you have that opportunity. You feel like a teacher again. Well, I was never a teacher, but you feel like a teacher. And back in elementary school, one of those kiddos calls you mom. And now you're in the same shoes. And it's nice to be able to have other people who have experienced that and have experienced Mm -hmm. being in small towns where, you know, you deal with everybody who is related to one another, everybody who maybe dated somebody back in the past, where it's hard to break up those bonds to allow work just to be work. Yeah. Um, And it's a, it's a good place just to have people who are on the same level as you are understanding that, you know, everything and (laughs) never say a single thing. Yeah. So we talked quite a bit about the challenges, but are there any benefits to what you do uh, in a small town? Um, I really, really think so. I have been there for people who have become friends. I have been there for people who took their first pregnancy test. And I was the first person to find out 
Um, and being able to create this culture of knowing that just because it's a small town, you are still a trusted confidant. And what you're saying is not going to go back out in the community. And they feel like they end up trusting you. And they end up trusting your organization more. And I think that's a good thing to have going for you, especially in places where you can make or break an organization based on who's saying what. You want to yeah. be that trusted, that trusted company, that trusted organization where, you know, people can be like, yeah, you know, I was going through some stuff and the company knew, meaning HR, but the company knew and they never said anything. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's it's a great way to watch people grow as well. You get to see people who start their careers so young and then circle back, you know, 10, 15 years later and, you know, are now doctors, are now lawyers, are now doing all of these great things. And you have this sense of pride of knowing where they started and what they're doing now and how it impacts these smaller communities that don't necessarily get as many advantages in life as a place that has more access to education and various other things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So one question I've enjoyed asking guests um, is, you know, there's so much pressure on you to help navigate other people's lives and challenges, emotions. How do you handle your own life challenges, emotions? Um, Because People professionals, they need someone to support them too. I think, you know, my biggest recommendation, and I have been a big believer of it for years, our CEO could probably tell you, I say it at least once a week. I believe that everybody should have a therapist. Um, I love And not to say, not because you have something going on, but sometimes it's so nice to have that person who knows nothing about your life and nothing about, you know, your professional life and things going on and you can just vent to where it's not going to get anywhere else. Um, you know, similar to coming to HR, every person should have somebody else in their life who doesn't know anybody that they can go to. Um, and I also think it takes a lot of learning to have thicker skin in the way that often when people come to HR, their emotions are running high. Nobody comes usually to celebrate good news. Um, (laughs) although those are my favorite moments, they're usually coming to you because they have something that's worrying them or that they're going through and they really need that support and being able to trust HR as coming through and offering that to them, I think is a good reminder of, you know, creating growth within a company, but also creating this sense of worth for yourself where you know what you're carrying for other people, but you are able to keep it separate. And you can what they're going through is not what I am going through, but I will support them as much as possible. Um, yeah. And it's important to do that for everyone because we are not, well, HR is amazing and we are all geniuses and gifts to this planet. We can't <laughs> save the world yet. Um, and yeah. I think we have to remind ourselves that we can't, we're not superheroes. Yeah. Although we yeah. really Yeah, everyone, you know, every HR professional needs a therapist or a nap or a vacation. (laughs) Use your PTO. Yes. So what do you like to use your PTO on? Um, You know, this year is different for us because we've got a ton of weddings that we're attending. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I am a big believer in trying to build out my PTO so that I'm taking at least one day off a month if I can, mm, nice. just for a break. Just, I don't care if I do anything. I don't care if I do something, but allowing myself to have that day to catch up on whatever I want to, lay in bed, eat whatever I want to, go do something fun with friends who may be off that day. You know, give yourself that space to just say, hey, this is my time. And I build it into my lunch breaks too, where I try to go outside, take five minutes outside in the sunshine and just breathe and say, okay, you know, I'm not tied to a computer. I'm not tied to an office. I'm not tied to everything. I'm tied to just being present in the moment. And I think that has really made a bigger impact. And it's not even using PCO at the time. It's just taking 10 minutes to set it aside for myself during a chaotic day. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the culture that you want to build. And I can already see you leading that culture by example, by, you know, your one day a month, your lunch breaks. Um, So let's dive into that a little bit more. You know, I think culture is so important, especially as these younger generations come up and they talk about, you know, what they want in an organization and they want to go with and the mix of the remote work during COVID to now a hybrid and now offices having people come back in person. Um, A culture that I'm really focused on building is a culture of, you know, work for reward, obviously. You know, we want to see high performers. We want to see those things, but also a culture where we have an understanding that not every day is perfect not every time you're going to be able to do a ton of wonderful things and get everything right. And a culture where, hey, if you need to take a day, if you need to have time, if your dog has passed away or you're just having a really rough day, there is a sense of understanding where you can take that and you can do what you need to do within yourself because life is always going to come at you. And you don't need work hitting you from the other side saying that, no, you can't take the time you need. So a culture of understanding and focusing on, you know, every single person in the organization makes it run. For us, every single person from our surgery schedulers to our patient representatives to our physician's assistants and our surgeons, they're what gets our place going every single day. And every person is very important and should be recognized as such for the work that they do. Mm -hmm. I I really like that mentality because I feel like, you know, in school, and I've said this on the show before, in school, we are rewarded for extra credit, but then we go into work. And if we do extra credit, it's often quote unquote rewarded with more work instead of actual, you know, benefits or things that we want. So I really love that you cultivate a culture of, you know, reward for the the quality of work done. You know, and I think the big, we get caught in this mindset of really wanting to reward people big. If I could give everybody, you know, a million dollar bonus, one, that's great because I'd include myself in there. But two, <laughs> you know, we don't have to reward people with massive, you know, amounts of money or really expensive items You know, I have noticed even the smallest things where if I can get our surgeons, you know, remind them to write thank you notes Mm. and they do really well with that. And people are like, wow, I didn't think anybody noticed. 
or our leadership team does um, recognitions where they send in anonymous recognitions. We draw a couple names and that person gets a $50 gift card and a little note of appreciation saying why they're being appreciated has made a huge impact or even catching a team and giving them, you know, $5 Starbucks gift cards. It's not much, but Hey, you know, this team's working really hard. They've been really busy. Let's give them something small just to say thank you for the work that they're doing. And then let's look at, you know, can we reduce some of their workload? Is that possible? If not, then what do we need to do to make it more manageable for them? Can we reduce workload? What? (laughs) Shocking. Right. I mean, I feel just America in this culture is like more, 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 more. You freed up your time. All right, here's more. And here you are trying to, to reduce. That's that's really awesome. Well, especially within healthcare, you know, what we've seen in the burnout after COVID and everything else is that we continuously work and we demand more and we want higher KPIs and bigger numbers and things like that. And people are burned out. They're leaving jobs at alarming rates. You know, we all saw the trend of quiet quitting and whatever else you want to refer to, but we haven't taken a step back to say, Hey, are we treating our employees like humans or are we treating them like robots? And are they going to last forever at the pace that we're asking them to perform at? Or are they going to burn out? And then we're going to lose even more time trying to train somebody up to the level that we want to be at. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I wish I were a robot. I feel like my body would operate a lot better, but we're not robots. (laughs) No. Yeah, I, I just really love that mentality and appreciation goes a long way because, you know, when you walk into to a new day and you get something that you weren't expecting, that even if it's just that $5 gift card, that can really, really give someone a boost. Yeah, it really, you know, it can do anything just to make somebody feel a little bit better rather than, you know, continuously poking the hole or somebody has got a little bit of soreness. Offering just one thing that can get them through maybe a bad day or a bad week just sets the tone as who you are as an organization where you actually care about what's going on with your employees and you're ready to move forward. And people really value that in an employer anymore. Yeah. And I found too, you know, throughout my career that an email with, hey, you did a really great job on this. And that's its entire point. That can go a long way because emails, they want something from us. And so these kinds of emails, you don't, they don't want anything from you. They just, they're just nice to have you open, receive praise and not take anything else from you. Exactly. You know, you should be able to, we should be able to give compliments and say things to people without them feeling like they owe us more in return. Early in my HR career, I had a boss tell me, that I should create a um, good things folder on my email. And I was like, what? Like, why would I do that? And then I realized how impactful some of the work I was doing when people would respond back and say, thank you. I didn't think anybody was going to understand or thank you for taking the time to help me get through my benefits or help, you know, work with me on having a sick kid, things like that. And I kept that email and I actually printed them all out when I left And I still have a folder of them just because 
Some days when you're having a bad day, you want to be able to go back and look and say, hey, I am making a difference. You know, somebody does, whether I work with you still or not, at that point in my life, you thought I was really cool. And that's the gold star that I wanted to keep me moving in my career. Yeah. So, you know what? I think I think we are going to end this episode with a challenge for our audience to create their own good things folder. How does that sound? I love that. I think everybody should have one. You know, I think so too. I think I'm going to start making one because like, I, it just, I know I'm going to have a bad day eventually. And that would be a really nice thing to have on a bad day. Yep. (laughs) So here's, here's your, your action items. This is the first action item of this, this podcast. (laughs) Create your, your good things folder. (laughs) So Hannah, this has been so great. I just love your outlook and the way you want to make people's days better, but also focus on, you know, your own well-being too and prioritize that. Like this has been such a good example to share with our audience. Um, Before we wrap up though, is there anything that um, I missed or you would like to add? No, I think we've covered just about every single thing possible. Um, (laughs) I think so. So I think we're so I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. This is so great. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? Um, I'll give you my email. I'll also give you my LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn under Hannah Law. I'm sure my name's somewhere floating around on the podcast that you're listening to. Um, and then you can always reach me at H-W-A-U-V or U-G-H at V-S-O-R-T-H-O dot com. Um, so you can always reach out there for any questions. I'm happy to help. Perfect. Well, if you or anyone you know is like Hannah who wants to create a supportive work culture for all, email me, lindsay at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.